Ever have a conversation at 3am when everyone but you and your best friend has called it a night? That's what this is. This is the Rhetorical Podcast with Sam and Scotty. Banter for the real world. Good evening, Scotty Peters. Um, hello, French Sam. I assume that's French. <laughs> I, well, I, I suppose it is. Like, I can't do accents. Anything... It's just offensively European. <laughs> that's what it is. That's your accent, I mean, Sam. The, the, if I try anything European, it comes out sounding a bit Russian towards the end. I, I think you could try Irish and it would come out Scandinavian somehow. <laughs> I mean, okay, the two that I can do is slightly more British or m- more posh British and American. They're the only two I, I can do. I have heard you do the American one fairly much better than I can. I do the offensive. <laughs> yeah, you go proper southern as well. Yeah, proper southern. That shows how British you are, Sam. No, but I, I actually want to hear you do it. Oh, what? The old uh, American down the south. Uh, I can't do much more than this. Otherwise, I turn Canadian and then I turn Irish. I mean, it's not bad. It's like, I, I, mine's much more of a kind of like a, a cross between a, I think probably just kind of like a Californian idea and everything, everything that whenever I've had to do it, it's been like for a voiceover for radio and it's never been great. You've watched far too much 90210 and uh, what's that other one where it's just they, they all live on a beach and hate each other? Baywatch? No, 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 not an actual TV show. It's like live reality oh, TV show. Oh, uh, uh, um, I don't know American reality show. I don't know Australian reality shows. How am I supposed to know any of this? I just figured there was half-naked women. You'd be there. <laughs> it's true. That is true. Yeah. It's a fair assumption. This is the rhetorical. Hey, how's it going, guys? <laughs> so, last week, I want to get straight into this because I'm really excited because we've been working quite hard over the week. For the first time ever in the history of this podcast, we've prepped something. We've actually planned ahead and it's something I want to try and do more in the future. It makes me feel professional. <laughs> well, and I feel like I've achieved something. I really do. And even though I spent, I mean, maybe a good hour of my work day to make this today and wasted a whole bunch of people in my office all of their time but i feel as though it was worth it excellent all right i'm keen for this this is the uh the the pitch we made you guys do right yeah exactly so last week we were talking about this idea that i had like 4 a.m in the morning and i've gone imagine if you took every event of your life every single year of your life and condensed it into what would be like a 22 episode TV series. So when you were 19 years old, that would be season 19 of The Life of Sam Valens, and put some thought into who would be the stars of that season. Now, what, what we got back didn't necessarily uh, always include a whole range of different people that joined you, but we yeah. did get some interesting ones that were pretty much just uh, interesting years of people's lives that we managed to condense down into something presentable. Exactly. And, I mean, we say well, we got a whole lot of entries from you guys. I mean, we got three. Three. And two were usable. Yeah, <laughs> so- yeah the other one was just, just awful. Just, <laughs> like, <laughs> racism... <laughs> And frankly, it was just disgusting. No one wants to hear that, man. (laughs) All right. The two that we got back, I was absolutely blown away with. Now, the first one was just a tweet, and we kind of did a bit of legwork. It was from Jane Lockyer, and she tweeted at us, I'm about to go into my final year of school, and my boyfriend has some news, which I'm freaking out about. This intrigued us, obviously. So we got in touch with her, we DM'd her, got a bit more information, and took all that away to make a script, which we got voiced by people around the office and a professional voiceover for Channel 9. And this is what we came up with. Scotty, you haven't heard this yet. I'm so excited. I'm so keen. 
Jane has managed to live a carefree life so far. I'm Jane and welcome to my life. Great friends, <laughs> family <laughs> and even OK grades. Yes. But this year, her life's going to be flipped upside down. Starting with a shock announcement from her high school sweetheart. Janie, I've got something I need to tell you. What will this bombshell be? And will it affect their plans to move to Aruba at the end of year 12? <laughs> Find out on this, the 17th season of Jane Lockyer and her mildly interesting life. Joined as always by her friends, Jason. Busted. Amy. Hello. Becky. Hi. Beth. The truth shall set you free. The other Jason. <laughs> and her main man, Andy. Oh, baby. As they step in to another year of high school. Who knows what's going to go down this year? I don't, okay, I don't want to have a go at you, Jane, because we did most of the work there, <laughs> mostly. But that sounds like one of those ultimate rip-off of a teen drama <laughs> TV show. Uh, so I told Benny, who was our voiceover guy, go full Disney Channel. And that's exactly what he did. And it's perfect. Absolutely. because and I, and I wanted to include the cheesy Disney Channel song that's going to be included in the opening titles. Ah, uh, yep. Yeah. Uh, it's disgusting <laughs> and perfect and I love it. Uh, next up... <laughs> Next up, I'm having so much fun with this. Next up was from a guy named Benjamin. Now, he tweeted you directly, which I felt a bit offended by. I think it was Facebook. It was, okay. You, you could have gone on the Facebook <laughs> Messenger, Sam. I'm the only one that checks it. <laughs> Benjamin, he, he did all the legwork for us. We just basically took the script, uh, sent it to your mate Benny, and I, I, I don't know how this came out. I just forwarded it to you, basically. Said, good work, Benjamin, on <laughs> writing an excellent script, doing all the job for us. So uh, let, let's see how this one turns out. Honestly, this is just so good. You've had 23 seasons of non-stop action, but this season is set to be the longest, most gruelling, and actually really boring. All right, I'm calling recess. Return in 20. Benjamin Banks is Jura number 12. Follow him as he suffers through eight months of non-stop hearsay. Your Honour, that is hearsay and should be stricken from the record. Objections. Objection, Your Honour! Under what grounds? Ah. Under the grounds that I don't like it. Rebuttal evidence. Your Honour, I'd like to present this new evidence to the court. We have not been given time to examine this new evidence. You have two days to look into this. Court is adjourned. And every cheap lawyer trick in the book... Your Honour, my client has a case of poison ivy rash and is unable to be called to the stand. We ask that he be able to return in a week's time to plead his case. All allowed. This summer, Benjamin Banks <laughs> is... Jura number 12. That has to be the most calm and, like, allowing judge I've ever heard. <laughs> yeah, yeah, take your time, go for it, no worries. Oh, and, I mean, Benjamin... That was just incredible. Just the best script. I remember I remember when you sent it to me, Scotty. I was ju- I laughed my ass off just reading it. And the fact that you guys are actually writing these things by yourselves just gives me so much joy. To be fair, he probably had this idea and wrote everything out in that eight months he spent sitting <laughs> in a juror's stand. <laughs> I mean, what a waste of a year. <laughs> this is the Rhetorical Podcast. All right, so joining us over Skype, for the very first time, we have a rhetorical friend. Yay! That's right. We've got a, a very special guest joining us in the Rhetorical 
uh, recording booth today? Well, he's not really here either because he's, he's over Skype, so... Eh. No, we very rarely have a proper recording booth that we can share. Yeah, that's true. But either way, I, I want to bring in my old university lecturer. Um, I, I have a very fond name. I call him Dr. Wookie. Uh, okay, so hang on. Wookie, you got to tell us why are you Dr. Wookie? Uh, Wookie's been a long-standing nickname since high school. I think I've been called Wookie longer than I've been called Rob. Um, <laughs> and... Yeah, to, to, to bring up an old and annoying show, I'm not a real Wookiee, but I am a real doctor. <laughs> so I did my PhD four years ago, and um, that was an experience. <laughs> yeah, w- Wookiee, he was actually my philosophical uh, lecturer when I was doing university up there. Oh. And uh, I'm pretty sure I met him at, at a party just before I started doing the philosophy <laughs> course. I was like, oh, hey, I like this guy, yeah. So, Sam. Yes, question of this segment is basically can a person be a different person after a certain amount of time so so i suppose like generally the idea of like self-development and in the fact that um you know it's not just in the sense yeah it's like you're not just limited to your core self but you are able to grow with your experiences and learn more exactly the reason i bring this up is because i was watching a uh one of those cold cases TV shows recently, mm. and uh, a, a murderer came out, uh, was appealing to be let out into the public, and the argument was that since my time in prison, I have changed, I have become a different man, I am no longer that person who did deserve to get locked up. And that's that's the real philosophical question, is can you really become a different person over experiences and time. I suppose. You know, you know, it's something that I always find fascinating about that idea of that someone's been locked up for 30 years in prison. Surely, that I mean, that's always going to change a guy. I mean, it just does. It may change a person, but, I mean, do we just change without being locked up in prison as well over the last 30 years? Well, I mean, I, it, Prison isn't going to be necessary for that change if it happens at all to happen. So let's say, let's say it's a crime of passion. I don't know what the crime is, but let's say it's a crime of passion. He's gotten all angry at his missus and all of a sudden he's finding himself holding a candelabra and there's blood all over it and she's on the floor <laughs> dead, right? It's a, uh, this is starting to sound like Cluedo, but let's just go with it. That's what's happened. And he's very, very, you know, resourcefully hidden the body. <laughs> They've never been able to pin it to him and he's walked through this whole time. 30 years later, he's never done anything like this again, not even, you know, the slightest bit of violence or even a parking ticket. He's been an upstanding citizen. He looks back on this whole experience and realises that he's not that person anymore. Well, the, f- the fact is, he wasn't a murderer until that happened. Just in this example, is he the same person he was 10 seconds before he committed the murder that he was afterwards? Yeah, question of personhood and what persists and perdures and endures over time is actually quite muddy once you get into it. I mean, there's obviously something that endures in an individual over the 30 years. Mm. But you mean- what is that? Uh, you the, mean like the, the soul? It could be the soul if you believe in such things. And if you don't, you have to account for something else. Most of our cells divide and regenerate and change over time. I, and I love that theory as well. Because there is that, uh, there is that, that well, it's, I, I think it's actually proven, is the fact that your cells, of course, do regenerate and die. And you like over the course, I think it's seven years, isn't it? That after a period of time... Um, there isn't any part of you that was the person you were um, 
I originally thought it was seven years, but I looked into it, and apparently different cells divide at different times. Oh, okay. uh, I think the, the longest being like 25 years. Uh, but of course, I'm not a biologist by any means, so I couldn't tell you if there is any immortal so cells in our body that live with us through the time we are born to the time we die. And even if there were, do we want to identify ourselves with, say, the spinal column, if that is those cells? <laughs> is that where we want to identify ourselves in terms of embodiment? Even if there is certain cells that live on, for the most part, in a strictly scientific sense, you are multiple people over the course of your, air quotes, lifespan. Uh, if, if we want to talk about the self as in terms of a physical entity through time, then we run into a problem uh, that's articulated in the ship of Theseus. I think you remember this one. That, I, uh, I loved this one. I love it so much. I don't. Please explain. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, the ship of Theseus is an interesting thought experiment. It's uh, an extension of the idea that we can never step into the same river twice because at any moment in time, more water is traveling. It's eddying away at the banks. It's depositing silt on other banks. It will never be the same river twice. And this is a more simple to grasp concept. The ship of Theseus leaves leaves port and through its travels it needs to conduct repairs and throughout they replace planks and every stitch of canvas and every nail, every rope, all of the physical properties of the ship have changed from when it sets out to when it makes land again. It's a catastrophe of a, of a voyage. <laughs> is it the same ship that pulls into port if there is none of the same material left? And if it is the same ship, what is it that has persisted over time? This this is where I I bring in my like opinion that if I bring this up in pleasant conversation, people don't like. Ooh. Is that the idea of a mind or a soul or some sort of persistent knowledge or being is just a social construct that people make up to make themselves feel a lot more comfortable. Oh, I, there was a movie in 2005 with Ewan McGregor and Scarlett Johansson, right? Terrible, terrible movie. I'm uh, already interested. <laughs> called, it was called The Island. There was this idea that rich people can make clones of themselves, so if they need, like, a liver or something, they can just kill off the clone and get that liver, right? I think I saw that. Yeah. It was, it was, I didn't mind it. It was all right. I didn't mind it. It was all right, but you know, it's one of those films you watch in 2005 and then never see again. <laughs> but but I, I like the idea that um, all those people had implanted memories. They all had pretty much almost the exact same memories. And everything that they thought that they were was a lie because it was implanted by someone else. All right. Well, this is a good, this is a good uh, attachment to it. Are we simply the collection of our memories then? Because then we don't need physical continuity if it is the memories that matter. If it's physical continuity, maybe that prisoner that served a 30-year sentence is correct in saying that I am a different person and I should be let out. But if it's uh, a memory storage of a sequence of events in a certain, uh, a certain system, maybe he is the same person and shouldn't be let out because he has the memories of committing the murder and being that person. And that's what connects him through time is his memories. And there's a thought experiment. I, I'm sorry, I'm full of these. It's all coming back, these, uh, the, the <laughs> unit on the self now. Another thought experiment. When I was a kid, I remember stealing, and this is hypothetical. Don't think I'm stealing here and admitting to it on radio. <laughs> when I was a kid, I, admit, I admitted to stealing apples. And when I was uh, an adult, I remember 
being the kid that was stealing apples. And I also remember being an adult and being enlisted in the army. And when I was an elderly gentleman, I remember being the adult that was listed in the army, but I no longer remember being the child stealing apples. Do I now no longer have a connection to the child stealing apples? Is that now no longer me because I have lost the memory from it? This is when you ruined me in university. This is where you destroyed what I had built in my mind. Because it also, like, a much bigger question is that it's, it's almost like, you know, if a tree falls down and a forest doesn't make a sound, it's kind of the same idea is that if, that if you don't remember being that kid stealing apples and no one else does, does that kid just cease to exist? Or does my connection to the adult who remembers being the kid link me somehow, even though I no longer have the memory of the kid directly. And the question is interesting because we, we've we wanted to get away from embodied notions of the self. So we've got this idea of memory, but now our murderer in prison, we just need to find a way of wiping his memory and he should go scot-free because he is no longer that murderer because he can't remember doing it. Oh, uh, but is that ethically good? Is that ethically good? And also I think it comes down to a large understanding between people was that our memories make us who we are. And I think that's, um, I, I like to think that's, that's something that everyone on a base level understands is that's, you know. Well, I think if you asked anybody, they would tell to, tend to side on the idea that catastrophic amnesia would be equivalent to self-death, and and that's and that's that's a whole other idea there as well. Is that you know that, that if you do have that catastrophic amnesia, you lose all of that 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 sense of self. You lose all of that that poignancy of, of who you are. Where does that leave you? And who is this now? Who is this person now? That's a really interesting question. Yeah, who is that new person? And does it bear any relation to the person that was there before? thing is am say that happens to me am i that new person or am i that old person who has lost something that's the really scary question <laughs> have have you as a person died and there is a new self in your in body your place ah! Ah! But it is interesting. The, the idea of memories is very persuasive and we want to cling to it. But then we get those problems of like amnesia uh, where we run the risk of self-death without actually dying. And it also raises interesting implications for, and this is another purely hypothetical one, but with modern technology advancing and all of these things, it may become much more relevant. Undergoing self-schism, dividing. What's, what does that yeah. mean, sorry? Uh, imagine I could split myself somehow, or at least copy my memories. Into, Am I now say, a clone. two entities or... Because, all right, you know what this reminds me of? It's just like going purely down a science fiction route now. It's kind of this, um, this theory about teleporters and the idea that for this to actually work, the only way that you could teleport all your molecules and send it across physical space to another location is by streaming the data that is your molecules and then having to just basically copy it and send it and then destroy the original. So in order to actually teleport, you have to kill yourself. Here's another famous thought experiment that comes up in theories of the self, and it is called the teletransported men. Um, we take that exact Wookie, situation. Sorry, Wookie, I love you so much for all of these. All of these. This is, this is, <laughs> this is just, it's, it's 
doing things that I didn't need today to my to my brain. <laughs> you're you're very welcome. All right, let's let's take your exact example that you you've been teleported, but let's modify the teleporter slightly because we can't transfer all of the stuff over. Let's just say we've got a big vat of core elements. And you walk into a, 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 tele, a teletransporter, scans your body state completely, and as it does, it destroys you. And that big vat of core elements reassembles you in exactly the same pattern on the other end. So the only thing that needs to be transported is the information of you, not the actual physical stuff. We know we don't need our physical stuff because that already changes over X amount of years. So... What's happened to you in that teleporter? Have you died and another person has started up with your exact memories? Or because it's the memories, you have no conception and you've literally been transported? This is why I like my opinion of this subject, that it, the, the self is simply a social construct that people have created to make themselves more comfortable. All right, but then mm. that being said, that being said, would you feel comfortable let's say that's what teleporters are we are very aware that this is how they work they will destroy you and then reassemble you would you be comfortable with that idea well the whole thing of me not being alive even for a split second is kind of very uncomfortable in my opinion let's, let's say it's an instantaneous process you get rebuilt the instant you get destroyed mm. in the new area no time lost you see i get really cocky with my concept of uh it's not a real thing but yeah, I also I, don't... I, it's like it's the risk. Like, what if something goes wrong? <laughs> what if we're wrong about who we are? Yeah, that too. Now, let's, let's imagine something does go wrong. Let's imagine the first teletransporter fails to destroy you, but the receiver does rebuild you, and now we've gone through that schism I was talking about, oh, that oh, self-schism. No. Who are you? Uh, are you the person that walked in? Are you the person on the other end, or are you both? I think me and myself would have a very deep conversation about that, and one of us would have to move to Romania. I mean... <laughs> Sorry, all I'm thinking, all I'm thinking about right now is at the end of Austin Powers 2, where there's two Austins. That's, that's <laughs> yeah, all that I can think about. <laughs> Dr. Wookie, you have been an absolute legend, and honestly, it's just, in the short period of time that uh, you've been having a chat with us, you've already started to rock very core fundamentals of the way I think about the world and the way I think about self and that is horribly disturbing so um so yeah I mean if that was if that was your goal to make us um, feel as though that you know uh, the world is ending and that uh, that I don't I, I don't know who I am anymore <laughs> then you've done a wonderful job I'm happy to hinder this has uh, just uh, been the beginning of the conversation <laughs> I, I really yeah, hope to have even more chats like this and you've just been wonderful thank you so much for joining us today my pleasure thank you very much <laughs> Thanks again so much to Dr. Walkie for joining us on the show today. That I, I honestly feel as though it's done things to my brain. <laughs> yeah, I, I spent a couple months talking to Dr. Walkie and, you know, sometimes if I just say random stuff and my mind seems broken, he's not entirely innocent on that, <laughs> on that front. Let us know what you thought and if it did... <laughs> start to mess with your brain as much as it did with us at Rhetoricast Facebook, Twitter and Instagram and of course you can download the podcast on Apple Podcasts TuneIn Radio on Android as well rhetoricalpodcast.com Bye guys Hey you know what you should probs do? Hit us up on social And do We're on all the things at Rhetoricast